Hi everyone, I'm Sanhara and welcome to the Black Girl's Guide to Fertility podcast. This show is for all women who are dealing with infertility, but is specifically dedicated to black women because we have a problem with opening up when it comes to this issue. And I don't want to leave out the men. You guys are welcome here too. On today's episode, I'm going to be speaking with Reed Foster of Hidden Gems, a holistic practitioner with a passion for helping women and men dealing with infertility. Hidden Gems. Reed, I'm so excited to have you here. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey and why you started Hidden Gems? Okay, great. Thank you. Um, Well, first off, thank you so much for having me and allowing me to be a part of your own journey into momhood. Um, It's a huge blessing to be able to catch up with the women I've worked with in the past who are on the other side of their whole fertility challenge stuff. Thank Um, you. Yeah. So my own journey, I'll try to keep it short and sweet, but it's kind of hard. It's a little long and convoluted. My own journey into becoming a fertility coach, it started really kind of way back when I was in college. Although at the time I never in a million years would have guessed how it would have all unfolded. I was one of those many people who had that totally unmarketable degree in um, cultural Mm -hmm. anthropology and religious studies, which was, of course, interesting, but was not a a thing (laughs) that I could really easily get into the job market with. But I never really entered that field professionally, but it was sort of the foundation for what I do today, because then I caught... I got introduced to something called medical anthropology and there's, you know, it really is based on this old premise that there's so much wisdom and beauty out in the world outside of our own particular cultural setting. And, and I also learned about this intersection between spiritual and religious beliefs and practices and healthcare practices amongst Mm -hmm. these other cultures that I studied. Mm -hmm. So I got that degree. And at the same time I graduated, my family moved back to the East coast from California and I was just kind of longing to be closer to them. So not long after that, I followed. And I spent a few years here in Georgia, sort of wandering around like a lost child, not really knowing what to do with my life. And then I was in my mid-20s, and I had sort of this awakening, I guess you would call it. Within about a year's span, I had some pretty significant back-to-back personal life experience that I really think just set me on this path. The first thing was so powerful for me. I actually witnessed a good friend of mine giving birth to her son. Mm -hmm. It was so powerful for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And around that same time, I also made this new friend of mine and she was a body worker and she Mm -hmm. got me interested in doing massage for a living. And and what that birth experience did for me is it kind of set me down a road both personally and professionally because I was just anew in that moment, witnessing this beautiful moment between this couple of this life coming into this world that I wanted more than anything to become a mom. Yeah. Um, and it really shocked me how this grew into this sort of deep primal longing that I, I couldn't mm-hmm. shake. I could not shake mm-hmm. it. And I was absolutely terrified that mm-hmm. that wasn't going to happen for me. I really was. I was kind of a hot mess during that time of my life. I couldn't imagine yeah. anyone in their right mind wanting to go down that road with me. I wouldn't blame them if they didn't want to. <laughs> but, you know, eventually I did kind of get my act together. I found a good career path. I found the right guy. And I did finally become a mom at the ripe old age of 27. 
Um, mm, nice. But in the meantime, in that interim limbo period, all my friends were getting pregnant, settling down, and 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 I was kind of kind of going nuts with this fear. So yeah. I decided to channel that energy, and I wanted mm-hmm. to learn as much as I could possibly learn to get ready for when it was my time to yeah. have mm-hmm. that experience. I studied everything I could about pregnancy and birth, and I worked with pregnant women doing the body work. I became a doula. I immersed. I immersed myself in the holistic birth community, became a huge advocate for improvement in, mater- in, in maternity care, care here in the U.S. I just had to keep myself busy, otherwise I'd busy, go nuts. Yeah. And, um, and I really found a passion in that. And then one day I was introduced by the man who actually would later become my husband and the father of my son mm-hmm. uh, to a woman named Lydia. And mm-hmm. um, she is just a sort of quintessential earth mama, holistic kind of woman and, yeah. and a human internet. She just knows everybody here in Georgia. She's one of the founding wow. mothers of the Georgia Herbalist Guild. Mm-hmm. And um, when I told her about my passion as a birth advocate and a body worker, the first thing she said to me was like, oh my God, you have to meet Rosita. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, Rosita ended up becoming, her name is Dr. Rosita Arvigo. She is just one mm-hmm. of my heroes. She's such an amazing wow. woman. I'm so grateful that I was introduced introduced to her work. And she's just a wise woman. She's she's mm-hmm. in her 70s now, mm-hmm. in, close to her 80s. Um, mm-hmm. She's a, a natural health advocate, a doctor, um, mm-hmm. who moved herself and her family down to Central America in the 80s. And um, she is actually still living down there. She teaches from there. And has spent the last 50 years studying with the traditional healers of that region. Uh, She is a strong advocate and and does a lot of work on their behalf, organizing, bringing them together so that this wisdom doesn't get lost. She practices the traditional medicine and she teaches the ways to the younger generation of practitioners Mm -hmm. like myself Mm -hmm. uh, who come to study with her from all over the world. Um, It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And so I started studying with her and practicing with my clients, and it was a real focus on pregnancy and birth and helping women have have better births. I mean, as you mm-hmm. know, the C-section rate is kind of yeah. off the charts here in the United States. Yeah, and so yes. that's mm-hmm. the, the piece of the puzzle that I wanted to plug into the, to that challenge as part of the solution. And um, mm-hmm. But strangely enough, things took a, an unexpected turn. All of a sudden, I started getting all these calls in the wee hours of the night by these very, very frightened, scared women mm-hmm. who, who mm-hmm. had that very same primal drive that I yeah. had experienced of wanting to get pregnant. And, and, yeah. and the techniques were known for that. They were known for helping mm-hmm. women with fertility issues as well as, mm-hmm. you know, to help birth be a little bit of an easier process. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that freaked me out. <laughs> I didn't know yeah. anything about imagine. infertility. <laughs> anything about fertility medicine in the West. I had studied everything I could get my hands on about birth and and, and pregnancy and postpartum, but knew nothing about that and that stuff. And and, and so I just said, okay, look, I I, I know my hands. I know this work, you know, you know, let's give it a try. You know, maybe it'll help. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll learn what I can along the way. And, and mm-hmm. lo and behold, the women who struggled with all manner of, of fertility-related issues, some of them for years were getting mm-hmm. pregnant. Wow. And I was thrilled. Their doctors were scratching their head. It was just amazing. Yeah. And, and I love to this day my favorite phone call 
is, you know, I'm pregnant. And I yeah. think they were, of course, and the doctors are scratching their head. <laughs> like how this happened. Um, it's just been really, really cool. And um, yeah. I have become this huge womb nerd. I study everything I can get my hands on, not just with the Mayan tradition, but other traditions around the world and other holistic care models around the world with teachers. Mm-hmm. And I've even developed some of my own techniques along the way. So it's just been a huge gift. And I, I'm I'm blessed to have found this as a calling in my life. It's just, it's just a, a, a gift, huge. Helping Women Conceive. Okay, so let's talk more about fertility. So when I first came to know of you, I found out about your practice through my sister's coworker who had gotten pregnant. She had some issues and then, you know, she wasn't conceiving and then she wouldn't saw you um, and she ended up getting pregnant. And uh, we were, I think, at like Cheesecake Factory or something. And my sister ran to her. She was like, oh my gosh, you're pregnant. And she was like explaining like, yeah, it's been such a long journey. And she gave the name of your business at the time, which was Womb Connection. And I remember writing it down because the name just stuck with me. And I'm like, wow, I need to reach out to this lady and see if she can help me. Because at that point, you know, from our conversation as well, I had tried everything. And we were on our third IVF. And at that point, I'm like, I'm going to take a break. This doesn't work. And so we spoke and you were like, okay, you know, if this doesn't work out with this next IVF, then come see me. But I need you to like, you know, you can't do fertility treatments actively. Um, I need you have like a break in a process with your body. So how did you um, transition from the womb, well, not transit, but shift Mm -hmm. from the womb connection to now hidden gems and what more are you doing and what techniques are you doing to help women conceive? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Well, you know, it's funny because the name of my practice was the womb connection and I actually moved to a little bit more conservative an area in Georgia. (laughs) And I thought, you know, that's kind of a strange name for this sort of conservative area. So I decided to sort of rebrand myself and and Hidden Gems just resonated with me because of, you know, this is the kind of work that comes from remote Mm -hmm. parts of the world, these hidden gems Mm -hmm. um, of wisdom that that are just so desperately needed, you know, to be disseminated into, you know, our, our Western medical culture. And unfortunately, Unfortunately, you know, our Western doctors, you know, they've been indoctrinated and they've spent a lot of money on their education and, and I don't mm-hmm. poo-poo on them. I, 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 yeah. I very much believe they have good intentions with what they mm-hmm. do, but their, 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 their paradigm is very different. It's a very different mm-hmm. paradigm. And, and I'll get into that a little bit more later. So, you know, my passion is really about education and empowerment. Mm-hmm. Because so many women who are on this path are just, you know, it's it's a very stressful path, as yes. you well know. And yes. um, and I really believe that knowledge is power. I think it's really important for women to understand the difference between Western and traditional medicine, um, mm-hmm. for one. I think that Western medicine, again, you know, good intentions, they, have a, they do have a lot to offer. Um, yeah. in terms of diagnostics, really good information. And I always want people mm-hmm. to bring that to the table. And of course, emergency care, uh, you know, take me to the hospital if I get into yeah. a car accident. I need that. Mm-hmm. I want that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, but these two different paradigms and ways of thinking and treating of the body are just very different. So mm-hmm. Western medicine is all about managing the conception process. Mm-hmm. And again, the diagnostics are, are wonderful, but 
you know, they can be used to our detriment a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I'll get a little bit more into that later. But in, you know, traditional medicine, it's, it's all about getting to root causes. It's about bringing mm-hmm. the body back into a state of health, mm-hmm. uh, which is our primary objective with a very close secondary object- objective, of course, for women with fertility is to get knocked up. We want them knocked yeah. up. We want them getting, you know, <laughs> having those beautiful babies. Yeah. And I think it's also really important for us to understand there's something called the Hippocratic Oath, mm-hmm. you know, which is first do no harm. And that is well embraced mm-hmm. by Western medicine. But I think our modern day Western medicine is is falling short. You know, Western medicine has sort of this sort of break and enter kind of mentality. It's it's the, the pharmaceuticals. It's the surgery. It's the... And when I say diagnostics, it's the language sometimes that can be used around diagnostics. Diagnosis is information, but that information mm-hmm. can be kind of used to elicit fear and push women in directions that they may not feel fully on board with or comfortable with, but they don't know any mm-hmm. other options. Yeah. And I think it's also in something that, that we have to understand, you know, much like our male counterparts, a womb has a mind of its own. Yeah. Right. And that, when I say that, I mean, it's, it's very sensitive to a trauma and a sense of violation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to mm-hmm. give you some weird examples. Um, I had a woman that I was working on in, in this abdominal massage work that I do. She had a tattoo and it was above her pubic bone mm-hmm. off to the left. Her womb was mm-hmm. all the way over onto the right. It ran away mm. from the pain that that tattoo, the needle caused. Wow. Um, I've had other women who had, wow. you know, womb positioning issues and, and they were excessively spanked as a child to the point where they would tighten up mm. their, their hind end to get away from mm-hmm. it. And there was a lot going on there. I've had women who, mm. and this is a chicken or the egg, what came first kind of thing, had HSG tests. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. so painful that they never wanted to have another one again. Um, And I believe it contributed to this, you know, sense of violation, this contracting away from muscles contracting due to this trauma of experience Mm. in this. And anybody who's had an HSG test knows that they're not very comfortable. At Um, all. Yeah. So that, that whole first do no harm thing, you know, I think a lot of doctors, you know, in their mind sort of limit it to physical harm, obviously like iatrogenic harm. Mm -hmm. I don't think they expand that. I think it's important to expand that to, you know, mental and emotional harm, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, stress. I mean, when women Mm -hmm. go through this process with, with the Western stuff, it's a full-time job. It is literally a full-time job. It's very stressful. It's very time consuming. It's very financially draining, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And all of that stress ain't, it, you know, it's hard on a marriage, <laughs> you know? Very, and so yeah. there's a lot that, that inadvertently through that process can, can do harm. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you, you know, have a good support system, you know, have a lot of different things in place to help you mitigate some of that stress. Wonderful. And, mm-hmm. and I'm grateful that I can, I, I have been invited into, to be a part of that team to help mitigate stress, but also to help alleviate the issues that are, that are causing the problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. So really 
my passion for the work is 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 that it's it's a multifaceted approach. It's it's outside the box. I'm I'm just an outside the box kind of girl, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's a very multifaceted approach um, mm-hmm. that's developed with the work that I do. The body work itself, and you know, is abdominal massage work, and I'll explain a little bit more about that in a bit. Okay. But I've also gone on to study Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine, even even more modern day energy medicine such as biofeedback, you know, when I'm working with people, we're going to look at things like diet and nutrition Mm -hmm. and herbal medicine and stress management Mm -hmm. and being present, being absolutely present with what is. And and Mm -hmm. I think we, we get so overwhelmed with the stress that we just want to escape. And so I think it's really important to, to mitigate all of this stuff and to empower women who are on this journey. Root Causes of Infertility. And you kind of touched on this a little bit in the previous segment, um, but let's just go a little bit more in depth into it. Breaking down the root causes of, of infertility. So when I was diagnosed with PCOS, there was really no explanation behind it because I did not fit and still do not fit the typical, uh, I guess, characteristics of someone with PCOS. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was n- just kind of like, oh, just change your diet. And there was no, like, you know, there was nothing really for me to do in the beginning because it was just kind of like under the rug. Oh, yeah, PCOS. Like, what? What is that? So for people who are diagnosed with issues like fibroids, endometriosis, PCOS, Mm -hmm. what do you, how do you break down the root causes of infertility and how do you go into explaining that to them to better their bodies? Yeah, absolutely. Well, of course, again, back to the foundation of the work that I do, the, the Mayan tradition of medicine in regards to women's health it's it's very simple and it and honestly when you start breaking it down it makes sense common sense wise so their belief is that the when the womb when the uterus is malpositioned it creates all manner of issue for us mm. and this is not just reproductive and menstrual health stuff it can be digestion it can be urination you know those mm. kind of things so fibroids and endometriosis and PCOS they can all be kind of traced back to this. And, I'm, and I'll get into a little bit. So, you know, inside the uterus, the uterus is held up by ligaments and ligaments alone. And therefore, they're, again, very susceptible to trauma or impact. You can have a fall when you're four years old, and it can impact your fertility and menstrual cycles years down the road. And in Central America, you know, when a little girl falls down, grandmama picks her up or mama picks her up, checks her uterus, makes sure it's right position and sends her on her way back to play in. Mm-hmm. That is not the case here. And so... Yeah. When the uterus gets malpositioned, there's an impact both on the inside of the uterus and then the outside of the uterus. And so on the outside of the uterus, you know, this uterus can lean forward onto the bladder, causing you to have to pee a lot, lean backward Mm -hmm. onto the colon, you know, disrupting, Mm -hmm. you know, ability to have good bowel movements. It can lean from one side to the next in relation Mm -hmm. to being forward and backward. It can and block the uh, fallopian tubes. It can impair an ovarian function. And, and in, in terms of PCOS, think about it. You got this big old honking uterus sitting on top of this tiny little ovary mm-hmm. that it, every month will expel an egg through fluid propulsion. Mm-hmm. And this uterus is is an obstacle basically. Mm -hmm. And so that fluid builds up and builds up and forms these cysts, but the egg never Mm -hmm. gets expelled and swept up by the fallopian tubes. Hormonal imbalance. My teacher, again, Dr. Arvigo, 
she talked to me about this interesting thing and, and it's theoretical in nature, but knowing how much she studies this, this, uh, mm-hmm. this one organ in relation to all these other systems, she talks about behind the ovaries on the inner wall of this um, broad ligament. This is an area called the epiphoron, which is kind of a funny word, where the, all the raw materials for our hormones are made, estrogen, mm-hmm. progesterone estriol and that kind of thing. And when the uterus mm-hmm. is sort of folded into this area, that area where all the raw materials are, are made is compromised. And so we don't mm. get the proper uh, balance of hormones as a result of this. And then on the inside of the uterus, you got to think about it. Okay. You've got this uterus that's folded downward in some way, shape or form. And, and it really doesn't allow for the proper f- outflow of that endometrial tissue. Okay. Mm. That old menstrual blood can sort of pull and coagulate and get really toxic. Mm. Um, and, and it has to find its way out in, in any way it can. So I believe the endometriosis is actually, and, I, and, and there's no medical research on this. There's not a lot of money that's thrown at medical research for women's care. Um, but my belief is that, that endometriosis is actually that in old endometrial tissue trying to get out through fallopian tubes and it deposits itself mm. outside of the uterus through that way. And that's just mm. a theory on my part over many mm. years time of studying this stuff. Yeah. Um, but on the inside of the uterus, you've got this old toxic menstrual blood. And the reason you know it's toxic is that usually with the periods, you see a lot of dark, odorous, clotty, mucusy gunk coming out. Healthy menstrual blood is bright red and thin. Anything other than that is stagnancy that's built up over time. And so, you know, a lot of women actually get pregnant, but they don't stay pregnant because this ovum can't survive in this toxic soup. Mm -hmm. Um, And if it does happen to survive an implant, it can implant on what I like to call a false or a weak wall. Um, Mm -hmm. And then as that ovum grows larger into an embryo and then a fetus, that placenta site will pull away from the inner God. wall of the uterus, causing those, mm-hmm. those first trimester miscarriages. So it's just, it's very impactful type mm-hmm. stuff. And so we want to do what we can. And, and, and fibroids, fibroids that are, in, are an interesting beast. We don't know what came first, the, the, the chicken or the egg with that. My yeah. belief is that it comes first with the uterus being malpositioned, impacting the, um, you know, estrogen f- factor. And there's a lot of other things, toxicity, overall toxicity, liver stuff going on excess estrogen due to xenoestrogens in the body from phytochemical type things coming in or outside uh, chemical things coming into the body. So there's a lot of going on there, but really, truly when we got to start with helping to get the, the uterus well positioned, cleanse and neuter, uh, cleanse and nourished to help get those fibroids to shrink back down. So there's just a lot going on there. But this root cause of, of the positioning of the uterus, in my belief, is, is just where we want to start. We want to start mm-hmm. with that, and then we kind of expand out to, to uh, you know, other detoxification factors. But that's really the, the most powerful work that we can do is getting that uterus well-positioned, well-cleansed, well-nourished, well-detoxed. Fertility Treatments and Bodywork. And then for people who are actually doing fertility treatments, but they also want to uh, come to your practice, can they do both simultaneously? Absolutely. And then also, part B to that, 
if they live out of state um, and want to move forward with your approach, how do they go about doing that? Is there a way to do that? So my clients fall into one of three categories. We've got the sole approach, the first approach, and the blended approach. Okay. The sole approach for some women, for whatever reason, maybe it's intuition, maybe it's their financial situation or their marriage relational situation. This is the only way they really want to go. And, you know, hats off to them. Great. You know, that's, that's what, where they're going. And I'm going to support you wherever you are in your journey. Then, you know, other women, they don't necessarily want to rule out the Western stuff, but they want to try this first. And, and, and we don't, a lot of times, honestly, we start down this road and we, they find that they don't even need to go the Western approach, but they don't want to close mm-hmm. their, their eyes or their mind to it. And, and I think that's yeah. good. You know, we want to, mm-hmm. you know, get what we can. And then such women such as yourself, you know, we blend this approach. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe they're already working with an RE and they want to up their chances of a successful IUI and IVF, which mm-hmm. those, those success rates will, will raise substantially with this work mm-hmm. again, you know, mm-hmm you spend all that time and money getting pregnant, they manage that conception yeah. process, but then you're putting this ovum, this very expensive ovum mm-hmm. into a toxic environment. So Just we don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, we, Rosita always said, you know, you don't want to put your baby in a dirty crib. That's what it boils down yeah. to. Mm-hmm. And then if they, if someone lives out of state oh, yeah. and they're interested in, you know, coming to see you or working with you, how do they go about doing that? Absolutely. Well, I mean, my, my thing is, let me teach you, let me teach mm-hmm. you, you know, I'm excited and passionate, obviously um, <laughs> about this. And, and I coach and teach women the work so that they can cleanse and nourish their own wombs and the whole body and the body as a whole so they can become moms, you know, the moms that they were meant to be. The best way, honestly, to get started is to go to my site, hiddengemsfertilitywise.com. I ask women to take the time to fill out. It takes about 10, 15 minutes to fill out uh, a, a, a fertility care intake form and then set up a one-hour initial intake session. And um, mm-hmm. in these remote coaching sessions, um, mm-hmm. you know, I do do hands-on body work here in my state, but the remote coaching sessions are just as effective, I believe, because I'm teaching you just about everything that I can possibly teach you without actually laying my hands on you. And it, but there's a lot that I can teach you and and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of effectiveness in, in teaching you how to do this self-care work and what's involved in that. You know, we're going to do an in-depth discussion on your medical history and your challenges and your needs moving forward. We're going to, I'm going to instruct you on self-care assessment tools to determine imbalances in your body, the position of your uterus, that kind of thing. I'm going to mail out a, a wound care starter kit that has organic herbs and oils that you're going to need to get started. I want you to keep those on your nightstand and doing your homework because you are an active participant in your own recovery, your own mm-hmm. healing. We're going to work with biofeedback. I offer comprehensive biofeedback scans and all throughout our time working together, uh, which each of these scans has like a $250 value. So these, this is powerful stuff. I'm so excited about biofeedback. We're going to do instruction on these ancient time-tested hands-on self-care techniques um, that are going to help you reposition and cleanse and nourish your womb. And and they're going to bring the body back to, you know, the big medical terms are home homeostasis and hemodynamics. And those are just two big words for balance and flow. Um, Mm -hmm. We need that for the abdominal region and the pelvic region. And we're also going to monitor your cycle and your body output. So we we talk about that, you know, I give you a log and we talk about that 
because every woman's reset button, everybody has a reset button process with this. And I never know from one woman to the next, what that's going to look like, but it's, there's a lot of good information that we can gather along the way and I can help you interpret the data. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's real important for us. And then of course we're doing coaching around the diet and the nutrition, herbal medicine as, as need be detoxification, stress management, you know, all these things, again, a multifaceted approach with this thing is, is so important and I believe makes it that much more effective work. Final tips from Reed. Finally, if you can share a tip for men and women dealing with infertility and always have to mention the men because people always think, oh, it's the woman. And sometimes it ends up being the man. Um, Not that anyone should be pointing fingers, but it's not just the woman. Uh, Do you have any tips or a tip um, that can help people? Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that you mentioned men. You know, I don't get a lot of men coming to see me doing hands-on work, but I get Mm. to them through their wives. Um, It's so important, you know, not only for women to not feel so alone in this process Mm -hmm. um, to have their guys alongside them. And some guys aren't interested and that's okay. You know, I don't judge them and and we shouldn't, but you know, it's really good to have them doing this alongside you, not only for you, so you don't feel alone, so alone in it, but honestly for prostate health, this is fabulous work for men. Not only for the short term to get their little soldiers lined up and ready to go Mm -hmm. for baby making, but also for long term for prostate health. We do Mm -hmm. not want our men going through what men go through in their 50s and 60s. We don't. They don't. They won't talk about it very much, mm-hmm. but it's devastating for men what, yeah. you know, some of the Western care treatment has, has done mm-hmm. to their drive and their mm-hmm. ability to perform. It's just devastating mm-hmm. for men. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm, thank you for mentioning that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, just inviting them into the process, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're invested in it too. Let's help them. Mm-hmm. So in terms of, of tips, <sighs> this is going to sound a little woo woo. And so just kind of ride with me here. You know, I believe that we have to understand the process of, of belief, thought, feeling, and manifestation in the body. Okay. Mm. So when a woman has a really, really deep seated emotion, you know, a negative emotion like fear, we always have to ask ourselves, okay, what is the belief behind this fear? Okay. Is it, and and is it conscious or unconscious? And then what are the thoughts that flow from that belief, conscious or unconscious? And what are the feelings that flow from that thought, conscious or unconscious? And then how can this manifest in our body? Okay. And then we go back to the belief and then we ask ourselves, okay, is this a belief that's, that's welling up from inside of me or is it something from outside of me? Okay. And we don't have to know who, who, yeah. whose belief it was. It could be your doctors. It could be your mamas. It could be your best friends. It could be the internet. We don't have to know, mm-hmm. but we want to use this really simple tool of getting still and getting quiet and return to sender, return to sender with consciousness, with love. Mm-hmm. Okay. We don't need it. We don't want it. We're going to give it back mm-hmm. to where it came from and we're going to mm-hmm. move on and move forward and be empowered in this process. I just think it's, you know, the mind is such a powerful thing and we have to figure out how to do some rewiring of the mind, the thoughts. And, And in that same note, you know, 
I think, and again, more woo-woo stuff, I think it's also important as you're starting this process to visualize, use visualization and affirmation, you know, visualization, affirm, affirm, affirm with thought, with mind, with heart, mm-hmm. um, you know, that beautiful baby and that that moment when that baby comes into this into this world, you know, in, in your arms, you know, how, how that baby looks and feels and smells, you know, down to the finite detail, just, just, just hold that in your thought pattern while you're in this process, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, and anything that doesn't look like that, or doesn't feel like that, that doesn't generate that feeling, let it go. Just give Mm -hmm. it back. Let it go. I just think it's really helpful to do that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, engage, be proactive, be an empowered participant in your own healing process and Mm -hmm. become teachable, become teachable. It's so important. You know, I'm here, I can help. Uh, It's what I was put here to do. And it's an Mm -hmm. absolute honor and privilege to, to, to share and to serve in this way. And I'm, I'm here. So, you know, use me, use others like me. I, I kind of feel like I'm bringing a, a unique blend of things to the table and I'm a little biased, of course, but, <laughs> but I am here, you know, and this is powerful, powerful work. Every woman that does this work has a lot of aha moments through the process. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's just really cool. And, you know, and if, and if you're coming to see me and, and, and working with me coaching, we get you knocked up and you have yourself a little girl by doll, you better teach this to her. You know, I'm only <laughs> exactly. one woman. And in the Mayan mm-hmm. tradition, it was, it was, you know, the oral tradition, it was passed along from one woman to the next. The Mayans had this beautiful, beautiful sort of rite of passage for women. Once the young women came of age and started their cycles, they were sent to this island called Isla de los Mujeres, which is this island that's off of Cancun um, Mm. that is still there today. It's become sort of a tourist Mm. trap, but it's, you know, it's a beautiful tradition where they sent these young women off to this island. They were taught by the elders, the mothers and the grandmothers, all about being a woman and the Mm. roles that a woman plays, all about being a mother, all about the plant medicine, all about the body work, all about her body, you know, and and, and we don't have that in our culture. But you know, people who like me who have learned this work and are doing this work, you know, we can share it with our clients and, 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 you know, I'm going to hold you to it. Teach your daughters this work and even Mm -hmm. teach your sons this work. Yeah. It's just so, it's such a blessing to have these hidden gems that Mm -hmm. have emerged through people like Rosita and the other teachers that I have come across. And, and we have to, we have to honor them. We have to embrace them. Beautiful work. I'm Sanhar Eastman, and thank you for listening to the Black Girl's Guide to Fertility podcast. You can stay connected with this movement on my website, Facebook, and on Instagram. And if you haven't already, please join my mailing list at blackgirlsguidetofertility.com and on sanhareastman.com. And please be sure to check out the first two episodes of my web series that's currently on YouTube and check out my latest project, My Infertility Play, which is currently on my website. It's called Taboo a fruitless love.